on this episode of Product Happy Hour, interview tips from PMs who hire PMs. We know there are a lot of layoffs and things outside of everyone's control going on right now. So we wanted to give you all some key tips and tricks for mastering the product interview process. So here we go. Enjoy these interview tips on Product Happy Hour. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Product Happy Hour, where you can go to happy hour with your favorite product people. That's us in your sweatpants. We are product folks here to share what we've learned often the hard way over great drinks. Why happy hour? Why not? It's the best way to get the inside scoop from grizzled vets with the scars to prove it. Thanks for giving us a listen. The best ways you can help us keep this party going is to do us a huge, huge solid and hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for easy listening anywhere anytime really great way to help us out and don't forget to rate us and like us on your platform of choice finally head to our website at producthappyhour.com and please consider supporting the show with a paid subscription it's either five dollars a month or thirty dollars a year that's literally one starbucks latte a month or one doordash order a year to keep this sucker going with me as always you're joe hall hey era what's happening hi so in today's episode we're going to talk about how to ace the pm interview You and I have both interviewed and hired PMs in our careers. And I know we've learned so much from sitting in like, I think I counted on my own, like over 40 product interviews. Um, Yeah, that's quite a bit. How many have you sat through? You counted them. I didn't have the luxury of doing that. But it's probably 50 plus at this point. All kinds, one-on-ones, panels. You've probably done lots of different flavors of them, right? Yeah. And then there's like product questions within other interviews, like the number of product questions in design interviews. I mean, it's a lot. I guess I'm just saying this to say that there is a dearth of information here. It is not Googleable. And we want to share that inside scoop um, because we know a lot of our community is either curious about transitioning to product or perhaps you've been, you know, given the opportunity to start a new career venture. We're here to basically tell you how good PMs hire great PMs. Um, And I'm really excited to do that. Um, And so this may come as a surprise to you, but your on-the-job skills don't always translate to the art of nailing an interview. Wouldn't you agree? Like, they're totally different. Interviewing is a different skill set, and it isn't always an accurate reflection of how well you're going to do your job. You know, I've read that getting a tech job is much harder than actually doing the job. (laughs) And I I think there's certainly a kernel of truth in that. But I'd amend it a bit to say that it's more like a very different skill set. And once you Mm -hmm. accept that, you'll probably also accept that some level of preparation is needed, which is why we're here, why we're talking. Yeah, exactly. And in true happy hour fashion, we're going to give you the happy hour rundown the insider stuff you probably won't find elsewhere. And I just poured myself tequila soda. La. What are you drinking? That's a really like dark. Is that like, <laughs> is that a really dark tequila? I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Don't they have like nice. a, ne- like a Neho and I don't know. I just opened Adam's cabinet. Took we're, alcohol from there. We're really going to get into the depths of my tequila knowledge, which is very, very shallow. <laughs> and I think they have like darker versions and, and it all depends on which agave they're using and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure. I'm sure your fiance knows better than I do. It well, all just that, makes me wasted. 
I that's the most important part. <laughs> that's the most important part. What do I have? I have a generous pour of Pinot Grigio. Look at that. Nice. It's ice cold and left over from our Super Bowl party, i.e. half watching the Super Bowl while making sure little kids don't crack their heads open. That's pretty much what we did. Oh, nice. Nice set of KPIs you have there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Two kids, same same KPI. Survive. (laughs) The same. (laughs) I'm here. I'm going to get way more shitty before you do because I'm drinking hard alcohol and you're drinking... You know, what I drink to wake up. <laughs> That's right. Well, if I went any harder, I would just pass out. My, I Just halfway through the episode, my head would just hit the keyboard. So uh, <laughs> it's, I just can't. I can't live life that fast, Ira. All right. Well, speaking of getting trashed fast, um, today's drinking, game, drinking word game is practice. So if you hear us say practice, take a swig of your cocktail or your coffee if you're proper. And play along with us. Um, Let's roll into the episode. Okay, folks, we're covering a few key interview prep concepts today, starting with key traits of the PMs we gave the job to. Then we'll share the main parts of the PM interview and how to prep for them with six months of time or two weeks of time, because your prep strategy should be time aware. And then last, we'll cover two concepts people do not talk about enough, how to handle rejection and negotiation like an absolute boss. Very important. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to start with the first topic. I want to jump in. Let's do it. Let's go. The key traits of PMs we gave the job to. I mean, I like had to reflect on this because like, of course you have an interview script. Of course you have to rate them based on like the questions on the rubric from your company. Um, And obviously good candidates have to pass those standard portions, but these are the components um, that I'm evaluating on top of the answers. Like, I don't, soft skills is almost like not a good enough descriptor to describe kind of like what I'm evaluating. I'm like, I'm looking at these traits um, and evaluating them as they answer the questions, as they don't answer the question, like how they uh, respond. Um, these are the things I'm looking at. So there's a little bit of overlap. Um, And I know Ajay and I probably have a similar sense on this because we've been on a bunch of interview panels together. Uh, Actually, how many? We've been in, I think, more than 10 interviews. It's got to be more than 10 interviews we've been on together. Yes, we have been on... It's got to be... I think it's more like 20. I think we've been on 20 case studies, interview, one-on-one interviews or panels. Yeah, we've done we've done a lot together as well. Yeah. Actually, Ajay, I was on your interview panel, if you remember. Yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> and I feel like that in all of the interviews I have been in, that's one of the best ones. I mean, I have the job, so yeah, out. for sure. But no, yeah, you totally tough. crushed it. You crushed it. Um, it and felt even good more I think that's the key. That's that like if it, you know, when you're interviewing, if I mean, our intuitive senses are pretty strong. So if you're feeling like it's not going well, sometimes you might feel like it's not going well, but it actually did go very well. Totally. uh, Oftentimes when you feel that way, it's a pretty good sense of how, how things went. And that interview, it went, it went very well. I was, I felt like I was, doing a good job of answering questions, but also 
was a good culture fit and stuff. So yeah, high marks across the board. Um, why don't you share your list of subliminal PM traits you're looking for in like really good candidates? Yeah, and I don't think this is every single thing, mm-hmm. but when we're doing interviews, largely we're looking for these types of traits. So okay. here's the ones that are that are listed. Thoughtful okay. and calm, thoughtful and calm in their responses. When whoever you're interviewing is providing responses, if they're really thoughtful about the responses they're giving, really calm in delivering them, that not only shows mastery of the material, it also shows confidence in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It shows mm-hmm. that you're really able to handle the pressures of being a product manager. So we look for that. Sorry, I like that one because like, there's no question you can ask, you know, like, are you thoughtful and calm? <laughs> You're not, of course, everyone's going to say yes, you know. Um, but delivery of answers, I think, shows a lot about communication style. And you want, like, I obviously, everyone knows, like, an interview is kind of like a high-pressure situation. But if they can be calm and think through things in a, in a kind of high-pressure situation, it's a good cue that they're going to do well when things aren't going well in their regular job. And I, I like to work with people who give off a Zen vibe when, you know, if you've ever interviewed, I should just say this, if you've ever interviewed someone who wasn't calm and thoughtful, you know right away. I mean, it's a no-go. Like it's a disqualified, do not pass go, do not collect $200 almost. Um, and so I think there are more people who are in the grade in the middle where like they may rush through responses or um, they're articulate, but they're hurried or excited in a way that isn't conducive to them getting their point across. So I, I think that's a great one. I actually test this in interviews pretty explicitly by doing a few things in in one-on-ones I will jump from topic to topic to see how well people handle context switching, being mm. under pressure, feeling like they're being probed because I want to wow. see how they're going to handle that. Because in our jobs it's very context switching heavy. So it's really important to be able to handle that work very well. The other thing I will do is I'm not mean about it, but I will challenge in interview uh, process settings. So Mm -hmm. if there's a case study and the candidate comes to a very specific conclusion, I'll Mm -hmm. challenge and try to offer a counterpoint or at least come in as not a full hostile witness, but (laughs) semi-hostile, not because I'm just being mean, but no. because those are the situations you're going to face as a product manager. And I want to see how you're going to lead through that. Are yeah. you going to be thoughtful? Are you going to be calm? Are you going to be able to say, that's a really uh, wonderful piece of feedback. Thank you. Let me process that. In the meantime, here are some uh, data points that I think might be helpful in this situation. That's a good mm. response. Oh, that's a good response, answer. Yeah. If your response is, well, I don't agree, and like you kind of lose your cool. Then is like, okay, I don't know if you're you're quite set out for this type of this type of job because it's not going to be me. It's going to be yeah. a whole bunch of other people that you're working with. They're not doing it to be mean. They're just doing it because that is their job. That's it's you know it's a contact sport. It's not like everybody's just kumbaya all the time. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
let's get through some of these other bullets. High level of self-awareness. I like this one a lot. What do you think about this one? I mean, if you don't understand yourself, how are you going to understand like other users who are outside of yourself? And uh, and what I mean by what I think you mean by self-awareness is um, understanding that in the context of an interview, you're maybe speaking to people who don't know exactly what your job is. Um, I think that kind of awareness where someone understands that they need to provide context or like someone once said at the beginning of an interview, which I appreciated so much, hey, I know I have a heavy accent. Um, so if you'd like, please turn on the caption feature so you can understand me better. Um, also, if it's helpful, I can type out some of these responses. And I just thought that was like, like that person was very aware of their communication style needs or like how audiences respond to them. It's very small, but it, it made an impression on me. That's a great one. I really like that one. The other thing I was thinking about was a lot of people are very, when they get into product management, most product manager candidates are T-shaped. What that mm. means is you're really deep on a specific subject area. So in my case, it was engineering. That's That was my degree. That's where I started my career. So I was really probably deeper in that area than in other areas. So once you get into these other topics, like you know, there's a, there's a shallower depth of knowledge than that specific area that you have a lot of knowledge in. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate in interviews when people are like, well, I have a lot of information about this area, but I don't know as much about this. So here's yeah. what I have learned. And please help me fill in the gaps. Or if I'm missing something, I'm happy to discuss it further. Like that gives some sense that you're self-aware enough to know that you are T-shaped and where that, that depth of knowledge is versus other places. And then if you probe and that depth of knowledge is there, you know, people aren't just making it up. Shall we move on to the third one? Yeah, please. Answers feel authentic to their experience. This one you can tell pretty fast, I feel like. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you're talking to people and they're like giving answers, but they didn't actually do those things that they're talking about or it just takes a couple of follow-up questions and this kind of gets blown up. So when you're prepping for interviews, it's always good to maybe think about reference experiences that you've had that are authentic for potential questions you might get, but trying to fake it, trying to be like, yeah, I managed 20 people. Well, if you didn't, then don't say it. <laughs> simple, yeah. simple as that. It's so, it's so strange how like people think like they can go through a 30 minute interview and have totally faked it their way through it. It's like, maybe other interviews, but I feel like PM's jobs are to be perceptive and to get at the heart of things. And like, you just can't fake it through a PM interview. And I've definitely seen some people try. And, and I've seen some people who are just really humble about their experience. And those are the kind of candidates that I'd rather hire. It's like, hey, I haven't had this, but this is why I'm interested. This is why I think my skills translate. And that's such a better story than someone reusing an example from Apple when they never worked there. I'm like, mm -hmm. why? Why? You can't, you know, like that. It just didn't translate. And it makes me feel like they may be relying on um, information that's like publicly available as opposed to actually understanding the details and making decisions in, in game time. Right. And no one wants to work with a PM who's just like, like got all their answers from Google. Yeah. Like you I'm good. Answers from Google, but if all of them, that's the basis yeah. of your knowledge. Right. Like that's or Bing now, I guess. 
or yeah, or Bing through ChatGPT. ChatGPT. <laughs> That's right. I also wrote down a couple more. Being strongly data informed. I feel like for probably ninety nine point five percent of the interviews that you're going to do for, as a product manager, you want people that are data informed, both with qualitative and quantitative data. Um, and I think that's I think that's really important if we're in interviews and at the end of it, I haven't heard one referenced statistic or data point. I'm going to be like, does this person spend any time with facts? Yeah. <laughs> so- I actually like that about your interview. Like, I think you couched and referenced some like macro statistics as you walked people through it. Um, and that gave me the sense that you were data informed because you weren't like rattling things off or you didn't make assumptions that I knew like how many mobile users there were in the US, for example, you kind of like described it to me and then told me how it might be an estimate, but your answer is this is estimate informed. And I really like that. This is probably from past experience. Past experience seems to indicate that if you're making decisions or calls as a product manager, that don't have that data backing, mm. your likelihood of failure is much higher. Yeah. And your job is harder than if you really get a good command of the facts, you understand them, you get more of them and use them to create the strategy and, and the insights and the execution path, you're going to just do a lot better. Mm-hmm. So using referencing that in your interview processes definitely going to be better than not Yeah, more often than not. Uh, last thing, uh, dealing well and accepting failure. I feel like when we've done a lot of interviews, the candidates that really do well understand that failure is a part of the job. Failure doesn't mean that they're a failure and they do a good job of understanding where they failed, accepting it, and what they learned and applying what they learned pretty quickly. So when you ask about it in interviews, people aren't defensive about it. The good candidates are not defensive about it. They understand that it's a learning opportunity. I learned something from it. Here's what I learned. I applied it immediately and I did mm-hmm. a lot better. Those candidates do very well, I feel like. Well, I would, yeah, I'd imagine that um, your gauge for what you're looking for in the interview has come from experience hiring both good and maybe poor performing PM. So I trust your list, man. Thanks. I mean, I work pretty hard. <laughs> work pretty hard. Um, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep moving. I feel like okay. uh, this is, these are great topics so far. Yeah. So I like, I like everything on your list. I totally agree with them. Um, I think before, before you like articulated these things, I might have said, oh, you know, there's just a sense you get that someone's going to be a good product manager. So I like that we've listed them out. Um, In addition to your list, I would say I am evaluating if I can see myself collaborating with this product manager. So if I was like in a sticky situation or I needed input, is this a PM whose communication style is going to work with me when I like need someone to brainstorm with, or I have a hard trade-off decision. And, you know, sometimes you're interviewing product managers that you're not going to work with directly, 
but product very much is a community. Like you'll have meetings with product managers all across the org. You'll discuss situations and, you know, customers aren't divided into these very separate orgs. Generally, their experience cuts across lots of different products. And so that's why it's even more important to have a product org or a product colleague that you feel confident can see your perspective and and communicate and and likes collaborating or gives you the sense that they'd be a good partner. Um, There was like this one analogy, right? Like, can you be stuck in the airport? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. It's the consultant. It's a consultant consultant question. Right. It's an airport test. Mm -hmm. Can you see yourself being stuck in an airport with this person all night? Right. And yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good test. I've uh I was an organization I was in in college, we had the t-shirt test, which is if you saw them around campus wearing the t-shirt for your organization, would you feel proud about that? Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I think they're all kind of hitting on the same sort of thing. Would you yeah. want to collaborate with this person? Would you want to work with this person? And the last thing I would add here is does a candidate project that they're customer focused? Like what I'm saying here is in the interview if I'm giving you feedback or trying to give you an adjustment, how do you react to that feedback? This goes a little bit back to your point, Ajay. It's more than likely that you'll need someone who is flexible to new information at a high tick. And so I try and test for providing new information or information that hopefully should influence this person's decision making. Um, And that happens quite a bit in our roles because we get to the point where, you know, you have so much information and you have this decision, but then you need to reprioritize and you may get new information. And being flexible is something that I think is very valuable to this role. And I don't want to work with someone who's just like, nope, I'm already on my way. Peace. (laughs) And that's selfish, but I think it's useful for the business. But I also think it's useful for collaborating. These are really hard to assess from just listening to. So I tend to ask questions that help me get these answers throughout the process. I should say that it's important to be authentically yourself because if you're trying to win approval, that's easy to to detect. Like we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. It doesn't work out so well. So be yourself, but be your prepared self. For example, don't use words you don't fully understand. Don't reference experiences you never had like we were talking about earlier yeah. and answer questions after providing your context that goes really far. Like we were talking about earlier, having that additional context when you answer a question really, really helps a lot. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's roll into the key parts of the PM interview. All right. um, you want to take this? The key parts of the PM interview are meant to gauge your aptitude in different aspects of the role. But to be honest, it's less about the answer and more about how you approach the questions. I found this to be true in multiple companies, both as a hiring manager and as a potential candidate. And um, so the key parts are behavioral questions, product sense slash case study that can take different shapes, role-specific questions, cultural fit, again, takes different shapes depending on which company you're in. And finally, brain teasers. These are less popular now. I think Google has shown that these types of questions don't actually predict well the candidate's likelihood of succeeding in the role. So you're mm-hmm. seeing less of these, but you might see them still in certain yeah. situations. Tell me more about the behavioral questions and like, what are we, what's trying, what are we trying to evaluate with the questions? Yeah, for sure. And I think these are probably the more nuanced parts of the interview. A lot of the technical skills stuff 
like we were talking about earlier, you can probably find on Google, but these things that are assessing your personality, leadership skills, and problem-solving abilities, that's what these types of questions are. They aim to understand how you handle different situations and how you approach problems. Mm-hmm. Some examples are, you've probably heard them <laughs> if you're listening. If you've never done an interview before, here's some examples. Uh, here's one. Can you tell us about a time when you had to make a difficult decision in your role as a PM? Oh, I've, heard, I've gotten that one every time. Like, I, if I don't get that, is it even a product interview? <laughs> yeah. It's like what we were talking about earlier with failure. This is kind of in that same sort of umbrella. Yeah. Another one. Can you walk us through a project you led from start to finish and what you learned from the experience? Like mm-hmm. a classic one. How do you handle conflicting opinions or ideas from cross-functional teams? I love this one. Dealing with conflict, important Mm -hmm. quality of a product manager. Can you give an example of a time when you had to manage a crisis in your product development process? I like these. Failure, crises, always fan favorite. Yeah, so, so there's some good behavioral examples. Yeah, these behavioral questions, I think, get at some of the the subliminal stuff we were trying to assess, but there's only so much time for behavioral questions. So like I might ask two of these, but when you're doing your case study, if I didn't get a chance to experience how you handled new information, I'm going to be listening for how you might do that in your case study. So one hot tip is if these, the questions that we're trying to answer um, above are don't get asked explicitly, try and answer them implicitly through framing how you thought about something or how you made a decision. And so that's really useful information. Um, and, you know, it's generally an hour. Like, you, And sometimes you'll have multiple rounds. Hopefully you have multiple rounds because it's a lot to do in one sitting. And those can be even shorter. Like some rounds are 30 minutes. So use your time wisely. When you give context, try and give context that um, highlights these aspects of your personality, your ability to collaborate, um, be authentic, you know, use your true experience to help frame the answer, even if it's not directly asked to you. Something I've gotten that's really been helpful advice is having a lot of these examples in the bag. So mm-hmm. you're working through these questions, think of these examples. Ideally, there are examples that can be used in multiple situations. Like if there's a project that didn't go well, that can help you answer the crisis question. It can help you answer the failure question. Having those in the bag, working with conflicting opinions on cross-functional teams, like having some of those in the bag that you know that you can recall and use. You're not being crafty or something. You're just... Did you say practice? (laughs) <laughs> oh snap sir you're practicing take a sip practice 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 ah, so dark tequila <laughs> <laughs> um that sounds good so you're just being prepared you just mm-hmm. have those things in the bag that way when a question shows up that you can use one of those examples in the bag you're prepared you don't sound like you're coming out of the blue or making anything up or just not feeling like you're ready to respond to that question. Yep. Um, you just have it. You just have it ready to go and you can apply it. Okay. I think we should get into prep for these questions in just a little bit, but what about product sense? Because a lot of my colleagues or people who are like, for some reason, call me up and are like, Hey, I'm worried about this interview. 
European. <laughs> um, they're oh, that's, most the highest, worried. that's the highest of compliments that they, you're a great interview. So that's why they call it. I think they just think I'm a bit of a tyrant when it comes to product skills. I'm like, don't, this is how you do it. Um, anyway, so a lot of them come to me and they're like worried about product sense, mostly because it can differ from company to company. And I think there's a misperception that you can only answer product sense questions if you've had product experience, which we should just dispel now. You do not need to. Yeah, totally true. In fact, one of our episodes is specifically about product sense. So if Mm -hmm. that's an area that you want to work on, highly recommend checking that episode out. Right. I think it's episode 19. This is our latest episode. Hooray. No, 18. 18. Sorry. 18. It was episode 18 where we talked about product sense. So check that out if you have some questions about how to best do that. So I'll say for all of these sections, likely each section will have a company specific edge on them, but the product sense or case study questions are um, fairly, fairly straightforward for those company sense things where you're trying to understand uh, how a specific company handled these things. I think it's always helpful if you can get somebody on the phone that works at that company mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. helps you get a sense for what are the things that are more company specific. Uh, but moving on from that, product sense questions are a type of technical question that aim to assess a candidate's ability to understand user needs, identify market opportunities, and develop product solutions. The most popular ones from from my experience and your experience, Ira, are, can you walk us through your process for conducting market research and analyzing customer data? Can you describe a time when you identified a new market opportunity and how you validated it? Can you tell us about a product you've launched and what you learned from the launch? And how do you prioritize features and make trade-offs when developing a product roadmap? That one I hear a lot. And then the case study angle of that is they might give you a specific situation and then you'll answer this question. You're the owner operator of a movie theater. I've heard that one a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to grow ticket revenue by 14%. And then they'll launch into the question like, how would you prioritize which features you would build? And what would you trade off in order to grow your metric or, or whatever? So they'll give you a hypothetical. And yeah, they this is intimidating because it's a multi-part question. And so it's not a good idea to go in unprepared. But that doesn't mean you can't pass this unless you have experience, right? Yeah, 100%. Prepping, yeah. practicing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, preparing helps a lot. If you can do preparing helps a lot. If you can do a case study on your own or have somebody help you with a case study and practice that helps a lot. We'll we'll talk about this in more in prep, but yeah, the role specific stuff is going to be very unique to your team's situation. So for example, Ira is in a global PM role. So she's going to be asked about how she handles cross domain partnership. Cultural fit is tricky, but the essence of cultural fit has to do with assessing whether your values and personality align with the company culture. Mm -hmm. But how do you know the company culture without being at a company? Yeah, I have some strategies. Maybe we should jump into how to prepare for all of these key questions. I think it's probably, it's probably time, right? We probably need to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's time how to, how to actually do this. Okay. So I wanted us to break down practice strategies. Please drink, sir. We did it. Are you at the bottom of your glass yet? Uh, yeah, I've been aggressive today. <laughs> oh, I feel uh, warm. 
I, me too. I did not turn on the fan. So yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah. I mean, it'll well, probably the content's still sharp. And, yeah, the content's okay. good. Content's good. It's content's good. still sharp. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you have to be time aware. Like I don't uh, prepare for an interview the same way as if it was six months out, as if it was like, oh, I just got a call from the recruiter and they said you have to schedule, you know, part one of your interview in two weeks. Those are two totally different timeframes and they deserve two different practice strategies. Please finish your wine. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much done. Yeah, you're yeah. probably going to need to cut to the critical stuff in the two-week time frame. So I think we should yep. start there. So here are four things I would do. One, research the company and the role. Start mm-hmm. by learning as much as you can about the company and the specific PM role you're interviewing for. Mm-hmm. It even just helps to understand the company values. What are the things that they want to see in team members, prospective team members, that stuff super helpful when you're preparing for an interview. Um, even when I interviewed you and I interviewed and I was interviewing for a job at Udemy, I did the same thing. I talked to people that I knew that worked there, understood the company values, went to the website. Pays off uh, when, especially in those case type situations. Read the job description, check out the company's website, like we were talking about, and look for any recent news or announcements. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, you probably don't go in there and like recite all the recent news, but yeah. it's good to know what's like, going hey, on. Your stock <laughs> price is in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't start there. Wouldn't start there. <laughs> oh, no? Okay. <laughs> Got it. Two, study the company's product. Familiarize yourself with the company's products, including the target market, key features, and user feedback. Consider how you would approach product development for these products if you were in the PM role. You're going to get asked about it. I, I th- yeah. nine times out of 10, you're going to get asked about, Hey, did you check out our product? What did you think? What are the things mm-hmm. that you would improve? Oh my if gosh. So daunting. If you don't know. I actually think it's one of the easier things to prepare for. To it, go it is, the but product. like, what if you didn't, what if you're like, Oh, I will say if you didn't, it's like an immediate ding. Yeah. I, it's really bad. I don't think it's an immediate ding because it's, I don't think you're capable. What it tells me if you didn't do it, is that you don't care about this job. Mm. Good read, man. Good read. Yeah. Right? I'm not wrong. Yeah. There was a... Okay. Just quick segue. I interviewed for a uh, medical tech company and I didn't quite understand their product and a lot of it's proprietary. It was basically an algorithm that helped match um, patients with the best doctors, with the best success rates for that specific type of cancer. Very niche, right? But how they did it wasn't made obvious. Like, what is the interface? Do they call in? Is it a chat bot? You know, is it a person? How is it? What's the customer cycle? And I realized, like, I didn't really need to know that stuff to answer the question based on what was publicly available. If if you couldn't, if you made an honest attempt at trying to understand the product but you couldn't answer every question or every curiosity that you had, say that and move on. What I could glean from the customer facing information was, you know, I think that's, that's a good, a good way to give context to your answer um, instead of just kind of shirking away um, from answering it because you feel like you don't have complete information. It's just, and it's always just a good rule of thumb. Don't lie in these interviews. I mean, we covered it already. Just don't Yeah, Don't lie. So obvious. People figure that out so fast. Yeah. Especially at our levels, it's like if somebody's lying, I know it almost immediately. I know. 
You're like a bullshit detector. I do it all day at work. <laughs> yeah. We're doing all it all day. the time. You can't, yeah. you can't, don't get it. Don't try to get it past us. It's not going to work. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. We talked about this a bit. A mock interview with anyone and record it. Ooh, I like the recording suggestion. That was good. Yeah. You can get PM interview questions ooh, from producthappyhour.com. I'll post a list of questions from each section and just run through these with anyone and watch back your answers. Even if you Good mock, idea. yeah, even if you, even if your mock interview partner is your grandma, <laughs> it's less about her assessment of you and more about you getting familiar with answering questions verbally and then tailoring the content slash improving the answer with your preparation. This is a really good. One. I'm, I'm really excited about getting these questions up there and helping everybody practice. Totally. Practice, so practice, yeah. Practice. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Our advice is going to get better. <laughs> There's still some left. I mean, it's already coming out. I'm just like, don't, don't fuck with us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my face is like, Whoa. that's the wine talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So right. I'd echo, I'd echo this advice. Like the recording part, like you said, that's brilliant because you get to see how quick you talk how slow you talk, uh, how many ums there are. Uh, and I do believe that communication is a big way of presenting yourself as a professional. So knowing like how you would rate yourself in an interview style um, is important. Like give yourself a score. And that's often the most daunting thing. Um, I have a standing walking date with one of my like favorite colleagues who happens to be a PM at Glassdoor. And we will just go through interview questions while we walk. He's not looking at me, but he's just, you know, we're just like walking through San Francisco, whatever, on the way to get a beer. And I'll just ask him questions and see how he answers. And he does better in that natural style than sitting on a Zoom and doing a mock. Like, it doesn't matter how you do it. Just get it in and be able to uh, have enough information to evaluate how well you did. And your evaluation doesn't have to come from another PM. It can come from you watching your playback um, and trying to understand like, oh, was that good or was that bad? And it's it's also just different when you do it with somebody else. When somebody else is there, even if they don't know what you're saying, you hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, if not the other person holding you accountable. So it's, yeah. it's really helpful. And I would uh, say also watch on YouTube. There are so many people yeah. who have recorded their mock interviews um, for PMs and recorded it on YouTube, um, watching other PMs answer the questions. It's not like you should be like one mistake I made. Okay. When I first started out was like, okay, this is how PMs answer questions. This is what I need to say. Like, no, it's not the content. It's the organization and the format of how the question is answered. And the answer needs to come from you based on whatever information you have that is going to translate and come across so much better compared to you reading off what, you know, Rohit said at his meta interview um, for a case study that was similar. Like this is not a rote exercise. You'll just, if you're interviewing at a good company, they're going to see right through that and you're going to get a, Oh, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a really, really critical, really, really critical point. It was a huge unlock for me when prepping for interviews, you watch the case studies. Yeah. You watch the case studies, you read the book, cracking the PM interview. It's a great book. I'm not knocking it, but Mm -hmm. the issue with all these things is that it can make it seem like it's one size fit all. And it's not, I mean, there's lots of ways 
to go through a process to answer like estimation questions and things like that, mm-hmm. that aren't mm-hmm. rote processes that you see Rohit doing or you see yeah. in a book. Um, but the, the core underlying message of like, are you thinking about it? Do you have, do you go through a process to get to that answer? Yes or no. Does that process, is it logical? Does it make sense? Those are the important things. Not yeah. that like you did this specific thing, this specific way. And if you yeah. didn't do it that way, ding, you're out. Like that's not, yeah, no. at least the good places anyway, that's not how it works all the time. Last thing I'll say is if you're worried that there's too much to study um, because you only have two weeks, go to Glassdoor, another Glassdoor plug. Sorry, this is not sponsored, but go to Glassdoor, <laughs> <laughs> look up your company and go to the interview section. I cannot tell you how many times the interview section, because it's you can refine by your role, it has the questions that they ask PMs for that specific role at that specific company. Um, I found it to be accurate for, it was definitely accurate for Reddit. It was definitely accurate for TikTok. And it, it was kind of accurate for Udemy. Like, what I'm saying is you can go and see their product questions that were asked to other interviewees on Glassdoor. It might not have answers, but at least you have like a, a more a narrow pool of questions to prepare. That's great advice. It's you're not going to be you're not going to get 100 percent accurate questions out of there, like you said. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. But you'll at least get a sense for what are the things they might ask, what are the things yeah. they might look for. You can prepare mm-hmm. for it. But you also just need to be prepared that it'll change or those questions have changed over time. Right. Okay, some more hot tips. If you have more time to prepare, I would stress deciding on one of these two preparation approaches, self-paced or guided, and then using that to going forward. Yeah. For self-paced or independent learning, I would cover both theory and practice by reading Cracking the PM Interview by Gail McDowell. I know I just kind of poo-pooed this book a little bit earlier, but it is really <laughs> great. It's a comprehensive It's comprehensive. Guide. It's very comprehensive for PM interviews covering all aspects of the interview process, including product design, case studies, and behavioral questions. Mm-hmm. It'll vary. You'll have your own methods for answering them, but it's really great for practice. It's a huge volume of questions, so uh, it's a great reference. Trying the product manager interview, 167 actual questions and answers from CN Lewis. This is also a great workbook for case studies, and it gives you a fact sheet for macro stats, which is something you'll need to explain. Your decision-making, your prioritization of features, you'll need to understand those. Like how many cell phone owners there are globally or population by key demographic. I didn't memorize them. Ira mentioned that I used some of them in the interview. I didn't memorize them, but I did practice with them. So I was familiar with them. Some of them you also you pick up. Now. With, ugh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that word. Um, I will say some of them I know because I've used them in my job or just off the top of my head. But yeah. a lot of them are really useful to know, especially if you're kind of early on in your career. It's a good, good fact sheet to practice with. Nice. And mock interview with someone online. CN Lewis has a C. Lynn Lewis, excuse me, has a Slack where you can sign up to mock interview with another learner on a mutually agreeable schedule. That's pretty sweet. So if you can't trust your grandma, you could just like hit up this like free Slack group. Um, yeah. And there are people who are always want to practice. So that's a great tip. 
the best PM practice in my experience has been at tryexponent.com. It has real interview questions from the top companies, which by the way, a lot of the smaller company questions, um, a lot of the smaller companies copy questions from the bigger guys and there's mm. learning progression and feedback. So you can sort out how much of the material you've covered and if you've covered it well. There's also an option to have a personal coach. If that's an investment, you have time and the resources to do. Uh, yes, I've used uh, this both for uh, for both of my last two roles. have to say it did not disappoint and the pricing was reasonable considering the value it unlocked for me. I think they have a subscription model and the last I checked, it's like $12 a course. So that's, that's pretty good. Nice. Um, and yeah, last thing I'd say is listen to the Product Happy Hour episodes if you have the time immersing yourself in PM culture from experienced PMs while you're driving, working out, or on a walk is good framing. It should increase your confidence the more exposure you have to PM experiences outside of your own that we talk about while we're real lit like I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> listen to us because uh, we're fun and we've done this. And honestly, this is like a labor of love because I get a lot out of digesting my experience into something tangible. Like that's valuable to me. I'll I hope this doesn't come across as narcissistic, but I'll listen back to our episodes because I think, you know, the way we script and the way we distill down like years of pain or glory into something is like, it's useful. Like if my sister wanted to be a PM, I would tell her, listen to this podcast because these are like real nuggets of wisdom and they're going to save you time and pain. And in an interview setting, if you've been immersing yourself in not just like these are the case studies and how to pass the interview, but this is how PMs think. This is some of the strife that PMs experience. You'll come across more well-rounded, even if you haven't had those experiences yourself. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for someone who cares about the job enough to figure it out. And part of figuring it out isn't just running through case studies, figuring out your behavioral answers, but it's being immersed in the culture and figuring out uh, what other product leaders have done uh, or experience challenges they've experienced and how they've overcome them. Like, I can't recommend the resources you shared, Ajay, enough, but also just like while you're working out, while you're cooking, like going for a walk, just listen to Product Sense or... You know, what was that one? We did a really good Q&A where it was like one of our first Q&As from people who are brand new to product. That's such a good episode. Uh, it was the first Q&A we ever did. I can't remember the episode number. Shame on me. Um, yeah, but we'll look it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll share that in the show notes. All right. Should we talk about rejection and negotiation to close this out? Oh my gosh, totally. So I've had my fair share of rejection. Um, and I Me have too. been apps. Yeah, dude. I mean, who hasn't, uh, I have been ruthless about getting the recruiter to give me specifics and it's not cause I'm a glutton for punishment. It's because the investment in interviewing is heinous. It is so much of your time. If for every rejection, I didn't get out what didn't work. I'm just going to repeat the same mistakes. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally, I'm an open book. My, the rejection that hurt the most was from a company called Thumbtack. Mm-hmm. It's pretty early in my career and maybe like two years of product under my belt. Um, and it was my first time presenting a case study in person. So I'd never done a case study for an interview and I thought it went really well. Like my deck was fire, like hot fire, um, <laughs> but actually it didn't. 
And I decided to hound the recruiter for like three weeks because they, you know, I got my rejection. And then I was like, hey, you know, can I have some specifics on, you know, what portion of the uh, interview didn't go well because I felt like it went pretty good? No answer. And then I sent the same email again. And then I sent the same email again. And then mm-hmm. I CC'd someone who was on the interview. <laughs> this is kind of heinous, but what do I have to lose? I'm not working there. They rejected yeah. me. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, And I got some really good feedback. And, you know, that I think I remember this because it's like, you know, stamped on my brain and I never make these mistakes again because it cost me this job. Some of the feedback was when I was presenting my case study, my metrics weren't robust enough. Um, like I had a metric mm-hmm. for success, but I didn't have a metric to evaluate customer sentiment or how well it was going or if it was going to be long-term enough. So stuff like that. Now I never, ever forget the accessory metrics um, in an interview or even at work. So yeah, Yeah. rejection is hard, but rejection is an opportunity to learn. There are great opportunities for feedback. Feedback is truly is a gift. We've talked about this. We talked about this in our last Q&A episode, actually. It's a fantastic opportunity for learning. So yeah, totally. That's great. Uh, that's great. That's a great story too. Um, let's get into negotiation. You've had some recent experience since you just changed roles. Let's talk about that. I cannot stress how important it is to get outside help with negotiation if you value your income and you're new to that company or that role or that space. Like when I say space, I mean like maybe you're new to ed tech and you don't know what an ed tech PM gets paid, or maybe you're new to social media like I was. Um, my recommendation is to go to a website called levels.fyi. And there I signed up for a for, uh, for coaching, which ended up being this really brilliant person who was a former recruiter. And I believe a majority of their staff is former recruiters. And they, how he specifically helped me is not only did he like write my counter offers, but he came with a dearth of knowledge that I would have never known and ended up doubling my offer. It was insanity. I mean, we shouldn't be saying this publicly because people I work with know this. (laughs) Double, double, (laughs) double. And the fee was nothing. I mean, it was less than 1% of what change this man inflicted on my financial future. Um, But um, their knowledge comes from their experience, which is, They understand the bands at specific companies. They understand the negotiation levers based on the information the recruiter has provided you once you get the offer. And they also are, it's their job to pay attention to industry trends. They might write your negotiation letter a little bit differently depending on, you know, the market climate right now. So yeah, I can't stress this enough. If you you know, are not familiar or even hesitant or feel like you can't be a good advocate for yourself, sign up. Um, and I mean, like, I think their like rate, it, their average is like they earn the average sign, the average participant 30% more. I think, and I think that's an incredible statistic. Yeah. You were sharing with me how this experience was and I was just blown away. So I totally recommended it as well. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, I'm drunk and I think we're almost out of time. I think we hit all the key points we wanted to share today. Let's do a quick recap of interview tips, shall we? I'm also drunk, but I'm going to take a swing at this. (laughs) Let's do it. Uh, (laughs) Okay. First, the key traits of PMs we gave the job to. 
They are thoughtful and calm in their responses. They have a high level of self-awareness and they answer their questions authentically. They, they don't make stuff up. Um, the main parts of the PM interview are behavioral product sense. And then there are some role specific and cultural fit questions. I think the product sense is, and the case study is uh, worth the preparation time um, because you can't necessarily, there's too many components to just do it on off the cuff. You need to organize your thoughts there. If you have six months out uh, of time, at least six months, two to, two to six months out, um, it's worth uh, reading on theory. There's a couple books that we'll leave linked and practicing. If you can record your mock interview, even better. If you only have two weeks out, um, company research, familiarize yourself with the product, and also mock interview. Don't have someone to mock interview? Go and watch other people mock interview and focus on the format and not the content. You need to come up with your own content. Don't cop out and try and repeat someone else's answer. And last, be ready for rejection and be ready for negotiation. Rejection is a learning opportunity and outsource your negotiation because if you come in low, you're going to stay low. <laughs> and there's no harm in getting um, outside experienced opinion on how you can negotiate your offer if you have the financial means to do so. It can actually go really, really far. And I think that's a wrap. That is totally a wrap. Thank you, as always, for joining us for Product Happy Hour. If you enjoyed Happy Hour today, we hope you did, please support us by subscribing at our website, ProductHappyHour.com, and consider a paid subscription. There are two options. It's either $5 a month or $30 a year. For a Starbucks latte a month or one DoorDash order a year, you can help us keep this party going. Thank you in advance for your support. You can also support the show and do us a huge, huge solid by hitting that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also rate the show five stars on your platform of choice or like the video on YouTube really helps us out. Follow us on Instagram or TikTok for clips at Product Happy HR. And please share with your friends and spread the word. The more people at the bar, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you next time. Cheers. It's empty. Cheers. <laughs>